From home repair to remodeling, this is Making Your Home Great. Making Your Home Great is always on 1 o'clock on a Saturday, except when there's basketball that gets in the way. We we were talking sports before the show began. Uh, in studio, got Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling and Jeff Hastings of Burke Brothers Hardware. You're just overloading, uh, Jeff, on on. Uh, on fun sports. That's right. This, I mean, in West Raleigh, it's a great time to be a sports fan. You you got a hockey game today? Hockey game tonight. Uh, then a small basketball game tomorrow. Small basketball yep. game. Small rivalry game. That's right. Small tomorrow. rivalry game. That'd be one o'clock here on the yeah. radio. All right. So we're talking uh, today about generators with Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling. Joel. Hey, hello, hello. How you doing? Doing good. How about yourself? So far, all right. You, you you keeping up with demand? We are keeping up with demand. We always could be busier. We always want to be busier. But, yeah. Uh, we are stocked, ready to go, and and putting jobs in daily. In your situation, isn't it true that the real limiting factor is the organization and the planning and like code enforcement and things like this? You, you got to get approval in some jurisdictions yeah, to well, do the work you need to do. It, it's a, it is a process. You've got to line up work orders with the power company, inspections, zoning, uh, and then you have to schedule all that out accordingly. And usually it, it takes a few days to get all that done. It's, this is not a, a project you're going to buy on a Monday afternoon and have it installed on Tuesday. Uh, this is, this is a, a project that you're going to – uh, it takes a lot of planning. And yeah. I, I'll tell you a funny story. Yeah. <clears throat> so I had a customer uh, in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we did a HVAC ductwork gas pack installation in 2016. Right. Uh, for whatever reason, um, this customer was not aware at the time or, or did not think about giving us a call. But anyway, he, he went with another company to have his generator installation. Uh, not a good idea. So he ends up calling us because <laughs> he has questions about his gas gas uh, HVAC system. Yeah. And want to make sure that he wasn't going to make any of his warranties invalid having some gas line modifications or whatever done. Yeah. I spent an hour on the phone with this gentleman answering all his questions and I kept asking him, you know, um did your the company that you decided to go with? Did they inform you on all these processes that need to go through as far as inspections, permits, power disconnection, upgrading gas meter for the natural gas contractor? Yeah, no, didn't have a clue. They, I mean, so after I spent this time with him, he said, "I, w- I wish I spent time with you. I would have bought the generator through you." Good for you. But I didn't, you know. Some people said, "Well, you didn't buy it from us. We're not going to talk to you." You know, but I wanted right. I wanted to keep continue to give him that customer service because right. he is a customer of ours uh, on the HVAC side. Right. Uh, my, my my point is, it's uh, I always like to educate the customer, and most customers when they do generators, they're going to do a lot of research. They're going to do a lot of um, uh, listening to neighbors on their experiences and and friends and coworkers and so forth, but. At the end of the day, it is how you present how this whole entire process after you're you're standing there. It's not about not about getting a closing contract. Is under, is 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 really sharing with them what to expect. 
yeah. because the what to expect is a process and all of us have gotten frustrated at some point in time in our life when we didn't know what to expect right and we're already obligated right right so right. i always share that with homeowners just you know ask questions ask about the process and, and more importantly educate yourself on what that installation is going to need to to have done and and what do you need? I mean, first of all, obviously you're going to have to play have a place to put it. You have to figure out where you're going to place it. And you've told us that because of exhaust issues, there are some places you cannot put it. Right. Well, you know, there is codes and requirements that you have to to meet. Um, you know, minimum is five feet from any opening into the home. And then if you have any type of uh, inducing fan or some type of exhaust fan or some, anything that will uh, allow air to come in uh, mm-hmm. to the house. You, you're going to have to take you know measures to measure that out. It, it depends on manufacturer and manufacturer of generators uh, locations. And we also take in consideration of wind. I had a customer in Pinehurst the other day. We were installing a, a generator for her, and she brought up a very good point. All her wind comes southeast towards her home. Right. So we wanted to make sure the generator was on the opposite side of the house uh, than what yeah. she was wanting because we wanted yeah. the exhaust to blow out into the woods instead of you know that generator's producing a, an exhaust it doesn't matter how far away we are it's going to blow right back to her front door or her right. back door or whatever it just wasn't smart but you have to have all those details informed to the customer right. ironed out and get their input how far do you guys go well our service area our we have one of the largest footprints in the carolinas we go from hickory all the way to uh right now we're going we're stopping that line right there at like rocky mount jacksonville wow uh, we go all the way to rock hill south carolina which is on the other side of charlotte yeah uh so we we handle everything in the triangle triad and and charlotte area where we've got generators sitting in those areas very impressive all right we'll talk more with the uh, Joel Worsham with Comfort First Heating and Cooling. I always like to make the point just at the beginning as a toss away. By the way, just as the name implies, Comfort First Heating and Cooling is a full service HVAC contractor. Yes. yes. You're here to talk about generators. I run the generator division. But let's you know, okay. let's mention that if you've got HVAC issues, that these guys are the ones to contact. You're also uh, we also have a plumbing division. A plumbing division. Yes, sir. Plumbing division. Of course, you're, you do elect, electrical do, repair. We do electrical repair Electrical well. repair. Yes, sir. All right. Burke Brothers Hardware. Jeff Hastings of Burke Brothers Hardware is here in studio. And, you and what? That's, that's a hard one to follow up, i got to tell you. What? His explanation <laughs> of what's right. going on? Exactly. Well, I don't know. I'll, I'll do the best I can to ask you interesting questions. Well, the one thing I'll, I'll tell the listeners out there that he's spot on about is... What's that? Um, whoever you hire, ask to see the permit. Yeah. I can't tell you the number of customers that come into Burke Brothers, and they've had something done to their house. Yeah. And, you know, you come to find out that something's wrong with the process. Right. Either the installation was faulty or it's not working, and there's not... It's hard to get them back from a warranty standpoint. Right. And you say, well, what's their permit say? What's the mm-hmm. permit? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I don't know whether he even got a permit. Yes. Yesterday, I, I, a prime example is instantaneous water heaters, right? And people buy them. You yeah. can buy them at a box store. I'm, I'm sure y'all may have some. We do, yeah. And 
we were at one yesterday, and I just happened to glance over and look at it, and I just told the customer, I said, yeah, did you get that? Did you get that uh, installed by a licensed plumber? Yeah, sure did. I said, okay. I said, did, did they get a permit? Well, I'm pretty sure they did. <laughs> I was like, well, they got the wrong size gas line and the wrong size regulator on it. And you know this because you've got experience with gas lines for generators. Right. Not to right. mention I had the inspector there for inspecting our generator. Oh, man. And he was like, yeah, he's correct. But that's his point is yeah. it's the homeowner stuck with that. Right. It is the homeowner's responsibility, right? You can hire a handyman, but, you know, they're gone at a certain point. I don't right. I, I, yeah, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's the it's the homeowner's responsibility to vet the process and the right. contractor. I think it's the contractor that's responsible for do their due diligence and follow the processes and getting that permit. And like he said, it's always should be shown or yeah. a, a copy of should be sent to that homeowner. Yeah, and it's always – and correct me if I'm mistaken, Joel, but anytime you're having this stuff done, you're signing a contract with the contractor. Mm-hmm. And you don't just flip to page four and automatically sign it. Read it. Yes. Because a, a quality contractor, like Comfort Heating Air, yeah. they're going to have it in their contract that they will obtain the permit. That's right. Whereas yeah. some of the, I'll say, fly-by-night people oh, I, might I know have it guys, buried yeah. in page two that the homeowner is responsible for getting the permit. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a page so, two. I didn't have a page yeah. one when I hired a handyman to finish off my bonus room. Right. And it was just, it was a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. It is. And that's, and a, that's a sad story that we hear over and over and over again. When I went to fire him, he actually pulled the permit, kind of, not pulled the permit, but mentioned a permit. Well, you probably should have gotten a permit for this. Yeah, and I, I'm laying him off because he couldn't ha- he couldn't hammer one nail straight. <laughs> right, and and I didn't know that until he started, which potentially means he wasn't licensed to do some of the oh, stuff no, that no. he Correct. wanted to do. That's right. So. All right, so. a lot of DIY stuff. A lot of people go to Burke Brothers Hardware because they've got something going on. Either it's a plumbing issue, issue, electrical issue, or a or a painting issue. Right. Right. They come to you guys. Yes, sir. Why would they come to you and not a big box store? Uh, because you probably need to know how to put it in or, or what's what's correct. I mean, uh, common the most one of the most common plumbing issues is somebody comes in and they're replacing the the P trap under their sink. Okay. First question. That's, that's we, the U shaped. That's thing? right. That's right. The, the J or U shaped thing. Yeah. First thing we ask, is it a kitchen or is it a bathroom? Because yeah. kitchens are inch and a half. Uh, lavatories in the bathrooms are inch and a quarter. Well, and there is a that. difference. Right. And so, you know, that's one of the things that if you go to the, the big box stores, sometimes you, you don't always find the appropriate help. Right. And then you're sitting there looking at an apple and an orange, right. and you're not sure which one goes – well, first of all, we're not going to let you get to the plumbing section before we ask you <laughs> what you may need. I can't just pick things out and carry it to the register? Well, you, you know, we, we sort of have a golden rule. We say that what we will suggest twice what you need. <laughs> On the third time, we'll just let you buy what you want. <laughs> okay, all right. So, so I'm on my own after the third no. That's right. After- you, you keep trying to tell us. <laughs> and, and there are customers that have – 
listen, uh, going back to, you know, shoddy workmanship. Yeah. I've sent people home with inch and a half P-traps. Yeah. For their kitchen, their double sink kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the previous two or three years, they've talked about how slow their drain is. And we've given them, you know, drain cleaners. Yeah. And we they go to replace their P-trap and we say it's an inch and a half and they come back. And somebody has put an inch and a quarter under their kitchen sink, which okay. isn't going to allow the proper flow. It's not going to allow the volume. When you've got a dishwasher and you know a double sink, it's going to have slow drainage if it isn't the right size pipe. Right. Just like the gas valve. If the gas line is too small, the appliance isn't going to work right. And right. so you know that's sort of our our niche is we know. We know what we're talking about, and if we don't, we're not going to fudge it. We're going to we're going to find out the answer. Um, it's like a customer called the other day and asked who I knew that could do a specific job. Yeah, I didn't know who who to recommend, right. and I asked two or three of the guys at the store who to recommend, and you know, and it was it was doing tile work. Yeah, and it was just replacing. They had replaced. They had had a valve replaced in their shower, and they needed somebody to do the tile work. Sure, I'm not going to say I don't know anybody, but we couldn't come up with a name. So my answer to them was, "Sir, I don't have somebody that I feel comfortable yeah. telling you to come into your house and do that because we've got to we've got to answer the question next week and next month and next year yeah. as to the people that we send in." So. Or recommend. And at the big box stores, I'll tell you what goes on behind the scenes at the big box stores. If you're looking at flooring and you look at all like you're out of your element, they'll say, you know, I don't I don't like to tell anybody this, but I'll put those in for you. Every guy there, it seems like, has got a side hustle, which <laughs> involves installing whatever the big box store sells. Well, and I, I'm not fully comfortable with that. One thing, I, I was in Burke Brothers a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, stopped by there looking for, a, I don't know, a little specialty part for <laughs> on a generator installation. We come across it. The, the first thing I did when I walked into the store that I noticed was the greeting. And mm-hmm. then you have people that work in that specific department that know exactly what you're you have in your hand. And they're like, oh, that's a... That's a Kohler bath stem. I mean, they know exactly what it is, and you're not dealing with generic uh, parts that are supposed to fit. Right. They got the what I call the manufactured part right. that's going to fit. And, and this is something you've taught me, that Kohler has not gotten together with Moen and made things standard. The or, inside or, or parts. Delta or Delta or Boston yeah. Harbor or – the only thing that is consistent in plumbing is inconsistency. So everyone's built differently and all got different replacement parts. And now some of the old school, I'll say, plumbing companies are maintaining the a standard pipe thread. Okay. Uh, no, the newer ones are going to metric. International has taken <laughs> yeah, over. It is. So, and that's they're going to everything. Yeah. So we're, we just got back from a trade show and we just bought another display cabinet of brass fittings yeah simply because we've got to offer the metric as well as the standard well it makes sense and you know a lot of us with our customer with nc state being a a 
fairly large customer. Yeah. Um, and all of the lab space that they have over there. Yes. When they need stuff repaired, they don't need to wait overnight. They need it that afternoon. So that's why we're we're trying to be proactive about things like that. Good for you. All right, Jeff Hastings of Burke Brothers Hardware and Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling on Making Your Home Great Today. Would you like a $25 gift certificate to High Park Bar and Grill, Whitaker Mill Road in Raleigh for your weekend? Well, I can't get it to you this weekend, but maybe next weekend. Uh, telephone number 919-860-9783. Good question for either one of these gentlemen, and we'll put you on the radio. 919 919- Eight six zero nine seven eight three. Making your home great. <music> FM ninety eight five AM six eighty WPTF. Got a phone call from Betty, but then for some reason or another she hung up. So Betty, call back nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. I'm going to hold that gift certificate for you. Joel Worsham with Comfort First Heating and Cooling and. Jeff Hastings of Burke Brothers Hardware, and we forgot to mention that Jeff was trained as a botanist. You, you that, That's correct. You know grasses and plants. And, I know pretty well how they work. And Joel's got a question for you. Well, it's that time of the year where you're starting to get a little warmer weather. Yeah. And you want to get out in the yard. But I noticed I put mulch beds, uh, had them installed and put them in with – um trees and bushes in october and all my i've got grass growing all up in my mulch so how do i get the grass to stay away or go away without killing all the the nice trees and investment of bushes that i've put in well the the it's a it's not necessarily just a straight answer because first you got to know what you've got growing there is it a true grass or is it like a nut sedge um, and, and that's where I say, I tell people, look, my phone number, my cell phone number is on my cards. Mm-hmm. Um, send me a picture, text me a picture of it so that you put the right thing because that's the, that's the worst thing that can happen is you go in and you think you have grass yeah, and you come in and describe to us, a, a, a like a nut sedge. So we sell you a product called sedge ender. It's a liquid you yeah. spray on it. Well, it doesn't do a darn thing because actually what you had was you might have had Johnson grass. Um, just by the description, it changed. So that's the biggest thing. But the, the in all probability, you have grass. And there was a product that used to be a restricted-use pesticide called Post that now has come off the restriction, and it's available to the consumer. A lot of times you'll see it under a label uh, called Grass Ender or Grass Beater. Um, and you spray it, it's best if you mix a surfactant with it, and that just helps it stick to the leaves because a lot of the herbicides and insecticides out there are are sort of an oil base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they'll beat up on the plants, especially if the plants have, uh, you know, a, a, what they call a waxy cuticle or something that, that helps f- to prevent this sort of stuff. And um, But you put that on there, and then – Sometimes you got to come back seven days later and do it again, uh, yeah. but it doesn't. The beauty is it doesn't harm your broadleaf weeds. I mean your broadleaf plants. So right. you can spray it in your plant beds. I don't advise spraying it directly on azaleas and rhododendrons and right. stuff. But you know you don't have to be as cautious necessarily as if you're trying to go in and selectively spray Roundup. I'll say on it. 
That's that was my so. question because uh, <laughs> neighbor across the street is like, yeah, hey, just spray Roundup on it. Yeah, and, just kill yeah, everything. Yeah, right. I, I don't want any of that. You and just want Agent Orange. You want to go through and have <laughs> yeah. the U.S. Post Air Force ground beater, and then what you Sedge say? Ender. Sedge Ender. Yeah. Sedge Ender. Yeah. Okay. Sedge what? Ender. Sorry. So what did you call a sedge? Sedge something or other? A flactant or something. Uh, uh, so any anytime you spray, uh, my recommendation is any herbicide or insecticide, yeah. pesticide that you're spraying, get a what they call a surfactant. Surfactant. And yeah. you know, it a lot of times it goes under the label spreader sticker, and what it does is it just enables the chemical that you're trying to spray to adhere to the plant surface. I got you. Okay, Betty and Raleigh, you're back. Hey, Betty, how you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Good. How can we help you today? Well, I was going to ask you uh, something about you know. Uh, generated for home go ahead joel is right here joel worship comfort first heating and cooling will tell you all you need to know now we're not going to have enough time for his whole answer before Uh our news person who wants to take over but betty hang on um what is it that you wanted to know do you want to know a budget or uh, yeah about uh the price of one for um my home uh that I could get in touch with someone could give me some information. Well, love to give you a price and and give you some information. The best thing to do, Betty, is to have one of our project managers come out and do a site Mm -hmm. evaluation. Uh, The reason that is, is we're going to measure the square footage of your home. We're going to take a a load calculation of your uh, electrical needs uh, that you're wanting to be powered on the generator. Uh, we're going to look uh-huh. at your gas to see what it's going to take, if there's gas there, if there's not gas there, what what do we have to do to get a fuel source for that generator? And I'm talking about propane or natural. Uh, and then mm-hmm. we can and then we can uh, work you up a price on and give you a budget with any type of financing need that you need if you needed that. All right. Hold on, Betty. I want you to hang on during the news. This is making your home great. Making your home great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. This is uh, Joel Worsham, Comfort First Heating and Cooling, and Jeff Hastings of Burke Brothers Hardware, and Betty in Raleigh. Betty, I want you to continue talking with Joel about your situation. Betty, what are you concerned about that you would want a generator? Well, just in case the electricity went off, I could still have heat. Right. Yeah, so we have all various size of generators that would accommodate that. Obviously, it's dependent on what uh, your heat source is. It's dependent on what type of generator needs uh, that you will have. Uh, all of our generators will give you the opportunity to, to power as much that you possibly need during a, a power outage, if not everything during a power outage, uh, at, a, a, at a low rate, low monthly rate. Yeah. Um, you know, my ba- my suggestion is, Call one of the uh, girls in our office, uh, uh, Beth or, or Connor, yeah. uh, at 919-777-1777. Be sure that you tell them um, that you're interested in a generator and that you talk to me on the radio. And they'll okay. either send myself or one of our project managers out, and we'll come out and we'll take you through the whole entire process 
and uh, go over everything in detail. Do you live in the city of Raleigh, or do you live in, in the county area? Uh, I live in the city of Raleigh. Okay. Mm-hmm. North well, Raleigh. Raleigh does require zoning permit, and we'll go over in detail what that entails, uh, what we have to have or what we have to provide to be even the ability to be issued a permit. Yeah. Um, and we'll okay. go, we, we can go through all that process and, and make something happen for you. Okay, fine. I have the phone number. Thank you. Thank you, Betty. Betty, thank you. Listen, I'm going to send you off a $25 gift certificate to High Park Bar and Grill, the place for lunch and dinner, daily food and drink specials, fried chicken, prime rib, $6 burgers on Fridays. They get a late night menu. Uh, just in case, you know, you're out with your friends, Betty, and it gets to be about midnight or 1 o'clock, they've got some, some great snack food. Indoor and outdoor seating available, 625 East Whitaker Mill Road in Raleigh. Thank you, Betty. Okay, fine. Thank you. Appreciate you being a part of the show today. This is Making Your Home Great, 919-860-9783. And we're all, you know, behind the scenes here picking Jeff Hastings' (laughs) uh, uh, brain about uh, grasses and pesticides. And Joel came up with a question during the commercials. Typically, the things that you put down to kill weeds, are they pet safe? By and large, most of them are pet safe um, yeah. in that you want to make sure that the whatever you're putting down is good and dry. Right. Um, and it's like I was saying, you know, there's a chemical that I, I spray in my horse pastures. Yeah. That according to the label, you can do it with the horses in the pasture. Now... No. I don't know an abundance of caution. I don't do that. Yeah. Only and, and mainly because also I've got to get the horse. I've got to be able to get the tractor into the pasture. So usually, yeah. As my luck has it, when I'm trying to keep them in there and I open the gate and take the tractor in, I'm waving to them as they're leaving the pasture. Yeah. Through the same gate. So that's not a good thing. Um. But you know, we let them back on after we're done. Um. You just don't. You you want to use a lot of common sense. Yeah. You don't want to spray where their where their bedding is per se. Sure. You don't want to spray where their food source is. Right. Um, you know, and so like when I'm doing my horse pastures, I don't spray where the hay is. You know, yeah. where the yeah. where the bales of hay are. So it's really a lot of common sense. And the the biggest thing is I recommend is just read the label because it's going to tell you on there okay. exactly what you should and shouldn't do. And, you know, if you've got a landscaper that's doing it for you, uh, reach out to them and say, hey, I've got this golden retriever that's like a family member Mm -hmm. and is a family member. So I want to make sure that whatever you're doing is safe for him or her. Right. And when how long do I want to keep him off or how long should I keep him Mm -hmm. off? I, I used to keep backyard chickens. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing like backyard chickens for straight entertainment. That's right. But at the same time. When it rains, that coop smells, and the flies find them. Hydrated lime. Is that what it is? And it, that's it, what that's what you need to use. To hydrated lime. Hydrated lime will help combat that smell. That's yeah. some of the best things to have around your house if you uh, have a vermin problem or or a snake problem. I've oh yes, been told, is, yeah. is chickens. Yeah, we've got we've got about eighteen at the farm. I love them. I had I had about eighteen. In about a third of an acre Ooh. in Fuquay Verena. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally illegal. Absolutely illegal. They would all climb up on the highest point of my fence. Right. 
And at night, people would drive by slowly. Look, there's chickens. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we but, got we got a, about a third of ours are roosters out of a, a a clutch that hatched out, and they're all real friendly. But you'll get calls from the neighbors every now and then. Yeah. Your your chickens are getting close to the road. It's like uh, yeah, they they know where to stop. Yeah, so, it, it, yeah, it is. We had we had a rooster that got loose from the enclosure. And we couldn't catch him. And as far as I know, this has been years, he is still in that neighborhood going cock-a-doodle-doo. Also, you can hear him, that's for sure. I hear mine every morning about 4.30. All right. Telephone number here uh, for making your home great, 919-860-9783. I'll feed you if you come up with a question, either for Jeff Hastings of Burke Brothers Hardware or Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling, 919-860-9783. 860-9783. Joel, you mentioned uh, load calculations. Yes. Does that mean that you're going to figure out what my bare minimum or what my maximum usage is all the time? It's going to be the it's going to be what the load demand average is that we're going to need to maintain. It's not necessarily your minimum or your maximum. It's it's an average, okay? Load calculation has been done since the code book has come out for sizing houses, electrical services, right? But we've got, over the years, we just kind of walk up to, um, well, not we, the industry has come and walked up to somebody's house and say, oh, that's a a 200-amp service. That's what we'll put in. But they really don't know what the load calculation is. The, The people that do load calculations is your power company. Right, because they have to size how many houses are, are on that service drop, and and what what transformer they have to vent uh, to install to provide for those houses. Generators are the same thing. We're going to determine what that demand is on that generator on that average hour per run, yeah, uh, or per per run hour. Uh, uh, so we size it correctly. So when um, your appliances do come on, that the, the generator stays running, and one of the you know, most companies that do generators are going to do low calculations uh, if they're getting permits because permits require that. They like they most some inspectors like to see them on site. But the biggest thing is it's it's a calculation that you should be able to give to the homeowner when you're done with the job and say this is what I am sizing this generator for to maintain. Yeah, because. Four years from now, when that homeowner's doing a bonus room addition, like Dave Alexander did, oh, yeah, and they yeah. put a, another air condition system in, and then they call you out a, a year later in the middle of an ice storm, hey, my, my generator shut down. We right. can compare that load calculation to the way it was the day it was installed right. and see what's changed. Is it actually a generator problem, or is it a load change? Did we, did we add something differently? Now, what we're seeing now with the energy uh, awareness in society we're seeing a lot of you know solar we're seeing a lot of high efficiency heating systems we're going to that high efficiency water heater so we're trying to reduce load so it's not a very common thing to see that we're adding more load but we may add an addition we may add a garage that is a a sizable load so so you figure out more or less what i'm going to need yes and then you you figure out what size correct how how big are they i mean you know what's the maximum well in residential the 
most average is going to be anywhere between a 20 kW and a 26, especially down here because we're in the heat pump market. Yeah. Uh, in certain areas of Raleigh, Durham, and, and certain uh, cities, you got gas furnaces, gas water heaters, and depending on the square footage, you could get down to a 12, 15 kW. Because you don't need the the electricity to run the heater. Because most of the electrical load is correct, provided by the gas. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yes. All right. In studio, Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling. Come up with a question for Joel, 919-860-9783. Or try to figure out anything that you can't get done at Burke Brothers Hardware. Ask Jeff Hastings a question about, because I can get my scissors sharpened at Burke Brothers Hardware. Yes, sir. The big, the big garden shears? Yes, sir. And get those done. Yes, sir. How about a saw? I yes. just Can I well, get a saw sharpened? It depends on the saw. Like a a, a, a crosscut wooden, like a you know, wood saw, yeah. handheld wood saw. We can have those sharpened, don't yeah. get me wrong, but yeah. usually it's about three times more than what a new saw would cost. I gotcha. So we but but that's the thing is we're opening it up front with you. We're gonna tell you, you know, circular like circular saws. Right. Fifteen years ago, we had people coming in and dropping them off to get sharpened all day long. Yeah. In 2023, I appreciate that you want to have it sharpened. <laughs> and if it was your great-grandfather's circular saw blade, oh, yeah, I understand. Yeah. yeah. If not, recycle it and buy a new one because it's yeah. just a lot cheaper. Now, on the other hand, if I have a hand tool and I've managed to bust the wooden handle, can you rehandle it? About 90% of the time. Really? Much like plumbing, uh, the only standard in tools yeah. is that no two companies have the same handle. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we've got about 45 different, forty-five or 50 different handles for anywhere from hammers to axes to mauls to ditch mac blades to rakes, shovels. I don't have a reason to own a pickaxe, but I'd like to own one. Okay. Just so that I can walk around the yard singing hi-ho, hi-ho, and you've got that tool. We do. Uh, High-quality tools. Yeah. Depending yeah, on whether you want it as a one-off, if you're just doing a one project and you don't want to invest a boatload of money in yeah. it, yeah, we've got some. Um, but just, then we've got some by Council Tool. That council, that's it. They're, you know, made in Lake Waccamaw, and they're just unbelievable tools i mean they're generational tools generational tools that's right yes sir you can pass it on to your grandkids because your son doesn't want to do anything with it but maybe your grandkids will right you know i i mean when the next recession comes around and people go back to (laughs) growing gardens then yeah you're going to need that and and you know could be just around the corner who knows hey for gardens you're going to have tomato plants and pepper plants and things in? Yeah, and as a matter of fact, we are in the midst of upgrading the garden center area yet again. Yeah. Um, about four years ago, we replaced the shade cloth structure that was there, added some lights. Yeah. Uh, this year, um, in about a week and a half, I've got all new plant racks coming in. Uh, yes. So that the, the wooden ones that were there were fine, um, but there were some issues that we had with uh, anytime you've got plants sitting on wood and the wood's been there for years, you, yeah. you have a potential for bacterial problems right? because the wood likes to harbor that sort of stuff. So we've gone with the plastic wooden plant racks, I'll say, yeah. that we'll be doing that over the next week or 10 days so that we're ready for the season. 
Very good. And we're going to start putting in, we're talking April 1st? Well, it depends. If you want to put potatoes and onions in, you can yeah. do that now. We've got those in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you want to start some of the some of the cold crops, I'll say, like lettuce, spinach, Brussels sprouts, collards, kale. And I know I'm forgetting something that, that people will tell me I'm forgetting, but any of those early season crops, you can either, you can go ahead and start those inside now, um, and you can go ahead and start your tomato plants inside if you're, if you're that if you're willing to take that chance yeah the, the, you know that's the, a hard thing to do but some people february do it really well. february honestly the only thing that keeps me straight are the seed catalogs right they keep me from from going completely off the beam right is the fact that maybe one day i'll be able to grow something in my yard well and it's so. also now's also a great time if you've got like your perennials outside yeah um Start walking around. I did that to in front of my house that I lost last year. We still have my perennial bed. Yeah. And I did that for about two hours this morning going around to remind myself of where some things are planted so that when I go in, uh, to Joel's point about mulching, when I go in yeah. next month and start heavily starting to mulch things, I'll, I'll remember exactly where my where my peonies are or right. where my Linton rose is and whatnot. And, and it's really fun to see some of those things that are already blooming, like Linton rose is already blooming out there. And right. everybody already has crocus that are blooming, and the daffodils are already showing their color. So, And spring bulbs will be a, a factor. You can put bulbs in. And I, I bring this up because I wanted a bulb installer that is, a, a, you know, the little auger – and I wanted right. a drill that would be powerful enough not to wear out. Right. And so I went to Burke Brothers Hardware and I bought a Makita power drill. Right. Still the best hand tool I've ever owned. Yep. Okay. You when you when you pull the trigger on this thing, you feel your hand just swing in the opposite direction yeah. because it's got so much torque and speed. Yeah, we're not responsible for the orthopedist. Yeah. No. 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 So you, the, you, the, the ortho, you know, but yeah, gonna, they do a great job. I'm going to be out there over the next month, just drilling holes in my property. People just to, think just I'm to nuts. Drill holes, right? Just to drill holes. I got this little auger, you know, three, two inch, three inch auger on the end of the drill, and I just drill holes. Well, you can also use that around the drip line of your trees to fertilize your trees. You're hmm. right. You're right. You're absolutely. You, you got fertilizer for my trees? Yes, sir. The little little peg things I stamp in. Well, you can or? do the peg things. I am, and and I'll people might fuss at me for this. I'm not a huge fan of those. Yeah, uh, because it has a concentration of fertilizer in one spot. Right, and so the tree roots will want to grow to that one spot. Yes, and so I'm a if if you've got the time, yeah, if you've got the auger and the ability, mm-hmm. go out and about every two or three feet, you know, drill some holes. And put a smaller amount of fertilizer, whatever you're, whatever you're doing, and however it's recommended on the bag. Yeah, do that route so that you're going to get more uniformity of root growth out beyond that small clump of fertilizer that the stakes provide. Very interesting. All right, mm. telephone number nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. This is making your home great. Jeff uh, uh, Hastings of Burke Brothers Hardware and Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling are the guests this hour. We'll wrap up in a few minutes, and uh, uh, hour two is going to be Brock. Brock's going to come in. I think that's the only thing we're going to talk about is Brock's 
uh, company and right. the fact that, that you know if you've got mold or or uh, issues with heat in the attic you can get it straightened out uh, telephone number here 919-860-9783 will feed you if you've got a question to making your home great fm 98.5 am 680 wptf making your home great fm 98.5 am 680 wptf FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF, making your home great with Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling and Jeff Hastings of Burke Brothers Hardware. Next hour, Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. We'll talk to Brock about Triangle Radiant Barrier. We'll talk to Jeff Hastings of Burke Brothers Hardware. Tell me again the company that makes the high-quality bird seed. Coles. 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 C-O-L-E-S. Coles. Now, it's it's not the it's not the cheapest stuff. No, it's, by far and away. But 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 the, the ideal word right there is cheap. Yeah, right. Uh, it doesn't have filler in it. It doesn't have a lot of Milo or grain sorghum. Right. Which anytime you're looking at, at a birdseed and you see the word millet on the bag, yeah, uh, you need to look and see if it's a white millet or a red millet because. It's commonly called red millet, but it's actually a grain sorghum. And anybody that has that bird seed, yeah, invariably they nice they have a very nice crop of grass yes, that they, they look like yes. under their bird seed un- yes. bird feeder, and that's because that's a red milo or millet uh, that the birds do not like. It's cheap. It's an easy way to fill the bag. Yeah, um, but you're paying for a nice, wonderful, grassy tundra below your you're paying for weeds underneath the bird cedar oh yeah okay i made the mistake one year putting the bird feeder hanging above my tomato plant area (laughs) you know and that that was that was a big mistake yeah just a big mistake coals coals is the good stuff coals see this is the thing you can buy honestly you can buy some of the things that you can buy at burke brothers hardware you could theoretically buy somewhere else i don't know why you would do that you're getting the experience and the knowledge and firsthand. Yeah, every, sure. And the funny thing is everybody thinks that we are grossly more expensive than a box store. Okay. I spend easily five to ten hours a week looking to make sure and to verify that we're not more expensive. Right. Uh, are we, we're we're going to be more expensive. You know, the big box stores put stuff on an end cap and – you know, yeah, you're probably going to get a better price there, but you're not going to find out how to use it or how to apply it or, yeah. or when to put it on. Um, and by and large, those companies have to make money too, and so they're making it somewhere. Yeah, they're they, well. I, I don't worry about them making money. Right, I, honestly, they're, well, the they're stockholders selling, do, but that's the okay. stockholders do. But they're yeah. but they're selling things that you don't sell. Right. And you sell things that they don't sell, and right. you're selling experience and expertise. Right. People come in; they don't have to do two trips to the store. Right. Because you guys will set them up with the right things. That's right. Mm-hmm. But speaking real quick about trips to the store, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. My public service announcement is: Oh yeah. In five minutes, our parking lot will be split in half. Okay. Uh, those customers that come out know there's a speed bump on in the middle of our parking lot from powell drive to hillsborough street okay um because of the hockey game and events like that we get people that somehow think that 
our parking lot is indianapolis 500 and they come racing through to beat the light no um and out of an abundance of safety for our customers on occasions like this i simply have the employees line up pallets of black cow Ah, yes. along that speed bump so you can still access us on powell for yeah. propane needs and whatnot in park yeah you can still access us from hillsborough street you just can't get from one side to the other for the next until tomorrow morning that's safe so it's just you know i, I try to blast it out on social media and everybody that'll listen um it's not i'm not trying to do anything but save somebody's kid that's walking across our parking lot right mm-hmm. that's very and it's going to be a big traffic thing it will be i mean it's 50 yeah. 65, people today oh wow wonderful you know, and that doesn't include the fairgrounds millie is on the line from raleigh millie welcome you're on with joel worsham of comfort first heating and cooling and jeff hastings of burke brothers hardware how you doing millie fine how are you good what's going on what type of paint do you use for aluminum siding if he, if he carries that type of paint? What kind of paint can you use on aluminum siding? Yeah. I'll be honest and tell you, I'll have to look at some of the labels back at the store because the 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 top coat is not going to be the critical thing. You'll have to put down some sort of what they call a bonding primer uh, that will stick to aluminum. And a lot of it sort of depends on how old the siding is um and and there again if if there's a way to take a picture and yeah. send it to me um or or bring it in or if you've got an old sample of the siding that might have come off or has been replaced yeah uh we can always play around with some some paints at the store and see what will stick to it but that it's not so much the finished coat you're worried about it's the base coat that will actually go on that siding if that answer to your question millie are you planning to do this yourself no you're not but i wanted to know when i ask somebody to do it well if you i've got the right product yeah if you want to come by the store um i've got the name of two or three guys uh, companies that do great work um they're honest i i I would and have given them the key to my house Mm. on multiple occasions to come do work when i'm not there so anybody that we recommend we're gonna we're gonna have that attitude towards them but um you know unless there's somebody that you already have in mind then then come on by and we'll we'll do our best to take care of you well thank you so much yes ma'am thank you millie i'm putting you on hold so that we can get your contact information you've won a 25 dollar gift certificate to high park bar and grill and i'm gonna mention more about that uh, coming up after our news Joel Worsham, Comfort First Heating and Cooling. How do we get in contact with you? You're gonna, you can go to our website at yourcomfortfirst.com, or you can give us a call at two. You got two phone numbers. You can yeah. do one eight hundred two seven nine four eight two two, or you can do nine one nine seven 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 one seven 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 and ask for the generator division. And Jeff Hastings of Burke Brothers Hardware. Nine one nine eight five one. One two one one, or yes. five two two seven Hillsborough Street, Raleigh corner of Powell and Hillsborough Street, just past the fairgrounds. If making you're coming your, from Raleigh, making your home great continues in just a moment. From home repair to remodeling, this is making your home great. Welcome to Brock Radio <laughs> on FM ninety eight five AM six eighty WPTF. Making your home great. Ordinarily, Brock. You're in the co-host chair, and you're helping 
promote other people's stuff. I, I, you know, I try to do my best. And today, we're switching that up. We get to promote me, huh? Yes, I'll we're talking it. just about you. <laughs> just about you and Triangle Radiant Barrier. You mentioned just before I turned the microphone on, proprietary products. That's a good one, yeah. What does that mean? Proprietary. Uh, well, we had a, a very interesting last few weeks. You know, we've talked on the show uh, several times before about different types of insulation, different ways to do yeah. crawl space encapsulations and... We personally have a proprietary product we've been working with for about a year now. We've talked on the show a few times, right. Crawl right. Barrier, Triplex. It's a proprietary wall insulation, which is substantially cheaper uh, than the other options that are available on the market to give you virtually the exact same impact. But mm-hmm. we've had that for about a year now, and, and we've been doing very, very well with it. It is yeah. absolutely one of our best-selling products. Now, this other product we've been keeping under wraps for the last year. We've been working on it for quite some time. Yes. But the most common product you use in a crawl space is the vapor barrier, the plastic Mm -hmm. that you lay down on the ground. Yeah. There's a bunch of different types out there. Um, The top three manufacturers of plastics, we have actually used their plastics for many, many years, and they've done a great job. However... Um, the manufacturer that we work with that uh, manufactures our wall insulation has also manufactured us a proprietary plastic that can be used in a crawl space. Um, We are very excited about it. We got our samples in this week. Uh, We've got uh, 900,000 square feet of it on the water right now uh, on its way to Wilmington for us to go down and pick it up. Wow. Uh, But when our samples came in, we compared it to the other top three plastics on the market. I won't throw their names out there, um, but I will say that it uh, outperformed uh, the other three options by twofold, and we are getting it cheaper than you can get these other options so I we're like now cheaper, yeah. everybody likes cheaper so we're starting to carry our own proprietary products at a lower cost that actually outperforms most of our co- uh, competitors options see now it never occurred to me that a plastic would outperform another plastic right what, what is it what is the way you measure that is that permeability or, or well, lack of permeability lack of permeability yeah uh, uh, okay so virgin polymer all right. All right. So there are some plastics out there, a 12 mil reinforced, for example. Okay. Um, we installed 12 mil reinforced for many years, many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And we started noticing we were having an inordinate amount of customers reach out to us months or a year after it had been done and said they were getting funny smells coming from the crawl space, almost like an ammonia smell, like a, a, like a cat was down there. Yeah. Well, you know, when you have a bunch of customers over a certain period reaching out to you for the same problem, you start doing some research, try to get to the bottom of this, what's going on. And what we learned is that particular material, that plastic we were using, was not a virgin polymer. So the scrim that was installed in the material, if it was in any direct contact with rotting organic material, rotting wood, Mm -hmm. wet dirt, right, Mm -hmm. which happens to be what we're covering down there, it, it produces a, a scent. So we got rid of that product many years ago. We moved over to other products that were virgin polymer that have produced much better results uh, with no scents. And uh, the, the tensile strength. 
You know, some of the plastics out there are reinforced. They have a hundred pound tensile strength. Okay. Okay. We prefer five hundred pound tensile strength or better. There's a lot of gravel under the house, rocks under the house. Yeah. And it's not a bad option to lay down there for a, a long term um, sustainability. So you're getting you're getting a better product. You're buying it. Mm-hmm. At a lower price. We are manufacturing it, and Ah. we are getting it at a lower price, so we can bring that to our clients at a lower price. All right. Let's back up a little bit. Triangle Radiant Barrier. Your company is named after the things that you do in the attic. Radiant Barrier, correct me if I'm wrong, is a sort of silvery kind of uh, shiny material similar to what they wrap around people if they've got a hyperthermia pretty close yeah it's a reflective grade insulation you know when we started our company we could have been triangle insulation we could have been triangle spray foam we do spray foam okay the reason we elected radiant barriers of our insulation options it's probably the best bang for your buck when you when you break the math out and you yeah. determine how much am I going to spend, how much am I going to save on my utility bills? Yeah. In most cases, it's the it's the fastest and highest return on investment. Um, we do not really have many negative uh, things to say about it. It works very very well, especially in this climate. So we elected to to specialize in a radiant barrier, but we carry every insulation you can think of. And if somebody had a a cro- uh, a bonus room mm-hmm. that was totally unfinished. Mm-hmm. You know, it's closed off. There's no insulation at all. What would you suggest generally? Do you put the batted insulation in first? Yes. I mean, depending on, on what we're doing here. So when you are converting, um, let's say you're converting your attic into living space. Yeah. Okay. Now everything has to be done per code. Sure. Right. So the framing has to be done per code, electrical, the plumbing, along with the insulation. So we're governed by whatever the code for that particular state is for whatever insulation they will allow. Mm-hmm. New construction in North Carolina, you're afforded uh, two options. It's either a foam product or you're using a, a, a form of batted insulation. That could be a, a wool-based, a fiberglass, a fiberglass, an attic cat insulation. So there's a bunch of different types. Yeah. But it would be either a standard fiberglass wool bat insulation or a foam product, either a foam board or a spray foam. Okay. Now, Radiant Barrier in North Carolina is a outstanding in addition to insulation. Right. So a lot of our builders are having us do standard batted insulation as cheap as they can possibly get away with. Sure. And then covering that with a high-grade radiant barrier before the drywall is installed. Yeah. That is a much cheaper option than going with most foam products. However, it's going to give you virtually the same impact on utility usage. Okay. So builders have started kind of catching on that this is a a much better energy upgrade I can offer my customers, and it's not going to cost them $20,000 like some spray foam jobs can cost. Right. Okay. All right. So we'll talk about the entire range of products uh, for uh, Triangle Radiant Barrier. Brock Emmons is here. He's the regular co-host, but today he's on the hot seat. We're going to ask him questions all, the whole time. I, I need to mention Millie. Congratulations. She was the winner of a $25 gift certificate to High Park Bar and Grill 
the place for lunch and dinner with daily food and drink specials, including the fried chicken, prime rib, and the $6 burger on Fridays. Indoor and outdoor seating available, 625 East Whitaker Mill Road in Raleigh. Will we offer that again to you? Sure. I've got a couple more gift certificates. Our number, 919-860-9783. Call and talk to Brock, Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Okay, we've sort of talked about one half of the company mm-hmm. because we've talked about the attic work. You do a lot of crawl space work. A lot of crawl space work. And and you got guys crawling underneath houses, finding chipmunks and squirrels and snakes. Yeah. And occasionally wombats and you know other critters. Critters. This week we found a possum. That, that my team was convinced was uh, KIA. And uh, when they left the crawl space and came back a few minutes, it was gone. And I had to remind them, <laughs> I'm sure you guys have heard these stories, but those can play dead. They were yes, like, they oh, are. it was dead. Well, is it still there? No, it wasn't dead. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised what all we find in a crawl space. And, and I was shocked to learn that, for instance, the batted insulation that's underneath my house um yeah i guess i should have known this it won't last forever Mm, it's it's not a it's a what 15 year thing maybe and it starts to sag depends on how many insulation hangers they used when they put them in you know most customers you're if you crawl under your your house and you look up at the bottom of the subfloor yeah yeah, you have your subfloor, and then you have your joist, your floor joist, and your subfloor sitting down. Sure. And they wedge insulation up in those cavities, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, those cavities are typically 16 inches wide. Well, batted insulation come in 17-inch wide bats. The theory okay. is you, you use the, the friction, you push it up into that, and you, you keep going. Yeah. Over time, it's going to lose that, and it's, it's going to fall down. So you use insulation hangers, something that will actually keep the insulation up long term. Just a piece of metal, a little, little piece right? of metal, yeah. yeah. That are also about eighteen inches long, and they just wedge up in the in the the floor joist and hold it up there. But most of these companies don't use those. We go we go down there pretty consistently, and we find that they might have used them, but they're every twelve feet. You know, well, these bats are four feet long, so sure. there's sections of bat down there that don't have any hangers, and that stuff is eventually going to fall down, especially. If there's moisture, if you get a lot of moisture in that insulation, it's going to become heavier right. and it's going to start to sag. So that's a pretty common thing. When insulation gets wet, is it ruined? Depends on how wet. Okay. Um, if it's, you know, soaked, yeah. yeah. At, yeah, at that point, you're, you're better off just removing it and having it replaced. Uh, a little bit of uh, sprinkle spritz, you know, if you had a little water leak that went for a few minutes and got portions of the insulation wet, a lot of the times that stuff can dry off. People are concerned with mold. They're right. like, well, if there's mold in the insulation, you, or, you know, if the insulation's wet, you're going to get mold growing in it. Mold doesn't grow in insulation. Insulation is not an organic source. It can't feed off of it. Right. Mold only grows on something it can eat, wood. Yeah. you know uh, uh cardboard your clothing yeah you give it enough time it's eventually going to eat it oh baby's onesies baby's I'm onesies telling you. <laughs> <laughs> no in a, in a crawl space yeah. it's not you're not gonna have mold growing in your insulation and i have people all the time they're like well you know i see mold on the paper well the paper is not insulation is it and the paper's on the back of the insulation yes okay. you can get mold on the paper 
you can't get mold in the insulation itself. But if it gets really wet, then insulation that was 12 inches thick is now two inches thick. Yeah. Right? So at that point, you just remove it and get rid of it. Okay. We're going to we're gonna talk about mold. Uh, I know people are going to be tuning in and calling their neighbors to say, hey, Brock's talking about mold. Gripping. We're gonna find <laughs> we're gonna find out to no, we're gonna learn some things. First of all, do not panic. Don't panic. Yeah. You guys know a guy. I'm right here. Mold is mold, but it's not the end of the world. You're not tearing down your house. Mm-mm. We're not we're not putting up big plastic sheets and and <laughs> kicking, you know, and throwing out all the furniture and and having hazmat suit guys come in. We'll, we'll talk about what happens if you do have mold underneath your house. Uh, we're talking with Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier on making your home great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Got a question for Brock? Of course you do. Call us up. 919-860-9783. I will give you a $25 gift certificate to High Park Barn Grill. Okay. My dad's house. Um, I don't know how to describe what happened underneath his house, except that he had drainage issues for the house that were massive. Mm. The To the point where he, he was at more or less the base of a hill. And... Yeah. They put a highway in on the hill. Of course they did. So they, of course they did, and and made made the whole drainage issue a problem. Yep. His cellar became blackened. Mm. There were sections that were just black because we couldn't stop the water from coming in. Right now, do you know how to fix something like that? Depends on the severity of the black mold. Um, black mold is is arguably the most dangerous mold that, yeah. that we come across um black mold eats wood very very quickly yes. typically and when i mean quickly if you had white mold down there it would be 10 to 15 years of white mold growth before it really starts causing structural issues underneath the house black yeah. mold can get there in in a year a year and a half it really? can go very very quickly um, so depending on the severity, if it is surface, mm-hmm. okay, if it hasn't really started chewing into the, the, the core of the wood, uh, everything can be saved. Right. Uh, there are options. You can go down there and use chemicals. Um, there are plant-based fungicides that you can spray on it and spend a lot of time scrubbing. Yeah. And that is the, the danger with black mold is when the spores are released, those so spores uh, have been known to assist in causing cancer right right they get in your lungs right Right. so you can go down there and use chemicals and spray it with chemicals and then put on a mask and then scrub the wood knowing that you're spitting up all this stuff into the air yeah we try to avoid that not just for our customers safety but but obviously for my installers my staff so we offer different options um the first thing we would do is we would spray the wood and then we would wear head-to-toe gear and mm-hmm. either use soda baking soda using a soda blaster or dry ice equipment right. which actually freezes that mold dead on contact 
and then removes it from the wood itself. So we do have many options. If it's gotten deep into the wood at that point, unfortunately, in most cases, you're you're having to remove that wood and have it replaced. Wow. Yeah. It can cause, uh, it can be very, very expensive if, if you don't get a hold of a mold issue quickly. If you let it run its course, oh, right. we'll, we'll handle it next year. We'll right. handle it the year after. Well, it's going to be 20% more expensive next year. I, I encourage anybody who's, you know, I'll address my dad's situation you know, he was in his 80s, and uh, there was no way he was going to get down and, and and do this stuff. Right. And, you know, maybe the economics of the situation were such that he didn't have money to pay somebody to do it, but it just got worse. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, we were ending up selling his house at a loss, or nearly at a loss, because it had this. Yeah. Had he gone in and had he addressed it year, a decade earlier, we, we'd have been much, much better off. Um, so uh, I, I want people to realize that there's, there's a lot you can do in those early stages that saves the structure. And, you do, and even if you see black mold, mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. Not necessarily. Okay. You know... Uh, the the only thing that's a, we we say on the show that you want to have somebody come out and take a look at your roof once a year. Yeah. You want to have your HVAC company come out and take you know run systems checks on your HVAC. Yeah. Not a bad idea to have a plumber come out every once a year, once every other year, just to take a look at your plumbing, make sure that everything is working properly. You don't have any leaks. The same can be said with your crawl space. If you think about it, we're talking about a deep, dark, gross environment. Under your house, with, that bugs and mice and rats and possums and raccoons and cats and dogs and, <laughs> yes. you know, it's just you would not believe what we find down there. It's not a very nice environment. Yeah. Well, if it's not an envi- a nice environment today, what do you think it's going to look like two years from now? Yeah. You want to try to nip this now or do you want to wait a few years? And in most cases, it's going to be much, much more expensive to have it done correctly. And when you guys finish with a crawl space depending on what you've done sometimes it looks like a living area it's it really it looks you know maybe it's four feet high or two right. and a half feet high right. or whatever it is but you finished it off and you've got this white uh, rolled fabric or whatever that you that you put on it mm-hmm. and it looks like uh, from a photograph of it, it looks like a hospital room okay yes you guys have buttoned this up and you sometimes use uh, um, you adjust the the humidity down there. Mm-hmm. You put in um, dehumidifiers, dehumidifiers or air induction. Yes, sir. What's the What's the difference? What's my What are my choices? Well, air induction in in North Carolina, when you encapsulate your crawl space, you're required by code to condition that crawl space. Mm -hmm. Now, they offer two options for conditioning in North Carolina. You can either use something uh, referred to as an air inducer or a dehumidifier. Okay. Now, an air inducer um, actually sounds fancier than it really is. It's just a cone that plugs into the side of a junction box in your crawl space. So when you're running your air conditioner, you're displacing about 150 cubic feet per minute of conditioned air into that crawl space to help control the humidity. Okay. Not a big fan of air induction. 
Um, we offer them. It's much cheaper than a dehumidifier, but because we offer, uh, also offer sensors, every crawl space we seal, we put a smartphone sensor that monitors temperature and relative humidity, get it hooked up to your phone, and it records that data up to a year. Okay. Well... All right. Well, we'll talk more. Talk more in just a little bit. News folks want to do their uh, news thing. We'll uh, take a break. This is making your home great on WPTF. <music> FM ninety eight five AM six eighty WPTF. Making your home great. Starring the lovely and talented Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. <laughs> so generous. <laughs> and the amazingly lifelike Dave Alexander, Woo-hoo. right here in studio. We're talking about talking about anything that Brock does. Uh from from Radiant Barrier to crawl spaces. And I don't know, I feel I feel we've talked it all out. Well, we were I think where we left off was the difference between dehumidifiers and air induction. Um I think where I was is um, air induction, okay, a lot of people are under the impression uh, the highest relative humidity, okay, is when it's 95 and sunny. Okay. Unfortunately, no, it's when it's 65 degrees or warmer, cloudy and rainy. Yeah. If you walk through your house and your windows are fogged up because it's humid and wet outside and rainy, it's not very warm, it's maybe a little warm, that's when humidity is at 100%. Okay. Well, so let me ask you a question. If it's if humidity is at 100%, it's 68 degrees and cloudy and rainy. I'm writing this down. How much are you degrees, yeah, cloudy, 68 degrees, cloudy and rainy. How much are you running your air conditioner? Uh, not much. So how much air are you pushing down under the house on the days you need it the most? Not much. Not much. So, so it's it's just sitting there baking, isn't it? Uh, it's just it's humid, and then yeah. you get everything down there starts sweating, right? Your your air handling unit starts sweating, your ductwork starts sweating. Yeah. Now we're introducing moisture and water. Humidity gets even higher. Now you have mold. Yeah. So air induction, you you when we started installing these sensors that track humidity after we were done with the install, we realized that customers were having to run their air conditioner an inordinate amount of time. To maintain humidity at optimal levels right well so your utility bill goes through the roof yeah if you're if you're actually doing what you're supposed to now the dehumidifier dehumidifier is a a much larger upfront cost air inducers are normally three to four hundred dollars to have one installed okay dehumidifier is closer to two thousand it's not just the dehumidifier it's the electrical yeah and then it's paying the guy to actually hook it up yeah so you're normally somewhere between fifteen hundred and two thousand dollars to put in a dehumidifier but you don't have to monitor it you don't have to run your air conditioner it's going to maintain humidity in your crawl space at 55 indefinitely Right. You will not have any mold growth. And customers are like, yeah, but, you know, that's another mechanical thing. Well, it has a five-year full replacement warranty. So if anything happens with it, you get a brand new one. Yeah. Well, I don't want to have to replace the filters. Well, the ones we install are washable. I've had my filter seven years. Yeah. If you take care of it, the, the things are just going to keep going. Well, it's an upfront cost. Most customers call me six months after we're done with a crawl space. We did air induction. Yeah. They'll call us back and say, okay, we're ready to go ahead and do the DHU. Because <laughs> we're tired you of know? paying right. the extra money. Now, we give them the option up front. Look, we can do air induction. It passes code. 
Yeah. You're probably not going to be very happy with it, but if you want to roll the dice and see if you are, we yeah. can always come back and put in a dehumidifier down the road. Most customers do that. They want to roll the dice. Sure. And then most customers call us six months down the road and want to go ahead and pull the trigger and have a dehu put in. So the difference really is that with this air induction, you're actually borrowing some of the um, some of the air conditioning that That's you would right. ordinarily apply to the house. Yep. You're applying it to the crawl space. Mm-hmm. Whereas the dehumidifier, you're just taking the humidity out and you're you're replacing you know, it with with dehumidified air dehumidified air right. and, and you're gonna um you're gonna pipe that water out yes so there's there's two different ways you can uh, install a dehumidifier you can run it off of a condensate pump which means that the water from the dehumidifier gravity drains down into the pump mm-hmm. and then the pump actually has a little clear tube that runs up to the subfloor across the subfloor to the outside wall and you pump that water outside okay option two now the problem with option one is we're now incorporating another mechanical thing right it's dripping down into a pump now you have a pump that has to pump that water out option two is just gravity draining it instead of putting the dehumidifier on the ground we suspend it from the subfloor on hangers yeah then we bypass the pump and we can gravity drain it directly through the wall. There's no mechanical thing that can break. Everything is okay. Sure. So we have a, a couple of different options. Gravity draining is less expensive no. for a couple of reasons. The pump is only about $75, but in North Carolina, if you have a condensate pump, they want that condensate pump to have an emergency shutoff switch to the outlet, which means you now need an electrical permit and an electrician to come out and hook that up makes it a lot more expensive, and there are more things that can fail. Sure. So we think it's just smarter to gravity drain it, bypass the pump so you don't need to bring out an electrician for an emergency shutoff switch, Yeah. keep the cost down as low as we can for our clients. Okay. Talking with Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier, he is usually providing questions for other people, but today <laughs> we're, we're asking him questions. Our number is 919 919- 860-9783-919-860-9783. About two years ago, I was shopping for a house, and I kept looking in the crawl space. Mm-hmm. And it was probably, I got sad, to tell you the truth. There were a lot of them. I just, I, it was a 200-year-old house yeah. or a 100-year-old house, and I'd open up the crawl space. There's nothing down there. Yep. Is that is that common? Well, that there's nothing there. Yeah, nothing plastic. Yeah, um, unfortunately, you know, I think they made putting plastic in the crawl space code in the mid '90s. So okay. most of the houses that were built prior to the '90s that have not had work done to them since. Yeah, that insulation probably fell off the subfloor many years ago. Yeah, and the plastic was probably never there to begin with. So we do get into a lot of these older homes, and all that insulation is laying on the ground, yeah. deteriorated down to practically the dirt level. Yeah. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, the plastic is not there. And in most cases, the wood is in very difficult shape, the, really? you know, tough shape that we have to go down there and try to salvage as best that we can. But it is pretty common. You definitely want a plastic under the house. You right. want it done correctly. You want the seams taped. You want the columns wrapped. And that's going to be your your 
best option to try to prevent this type of moisture from damaging uh, the well the, the foundation of your home yeah i i cannot well we talk about you know critters underneath the house i can't think this is a diy project <laughs> we have customers that have tried <laughs> and and are they successful or are they, is some, they happy with it some every once in a while i get a, a, a very talented contractor that wants to go down there and, and give it a shot and in most cases they're able to do a pretty decent job but we always get feedback from them i you know they they reach out to us like man i did not know what i was getting into this is so tedious having to go through every square inch of the entire square footage of the underside of your house to make right. sure you don't miss anything it's it's very tedious work, and in it's most a, cases, they quit about a third of the way through. My old house had an air handler underneath the house, mm-hmm. and it was a tight fit. Yeah, uh, we had to we had to what did we have to do? We had to get up underneath and snake the the feed for the under the exhaust for the for the dryer oh yeah, yeah. you know how uh-huh. these things it, they get clogged up they with, get clogged yep. up they break and that's right critters get them and my son-in-law crawled up underneath there i couldn't even see him okay <laughs> i don't even want to think about putting plastic down underneath you find this a lot there's no room underneath the house unfortunately sometimes um you know, you have walking spaces, you have crawl spaces, and yeah. you have what we refer to as a drag space, where you're, <laughs> you're you better have your elbow pads on because you're going to be on your 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 ankles and your elbows. Um, those are very tough, and and it's not just tedious at that point; it's also very very physically draining. Right. Uh, you right. know, I'm I'm 40. I'm just. <laughs> If I was 18 years old, well, I, I might be able to get down there and, and do some of this stuff. But a lot of our customers are in their 50s and 60s, yeah, and I yeah. can only imagine me trying to do that 10 years from now. It would be very difficult. Well, you're also tall. I'm also and I, tall, and I can't I can't imagine them you being the first person on the list to go down <laughs> underneath the house. This is why you are who you are now. Right, that I, you own the company. You can actually hire smaller people. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird interviewing and me. The first question is, how tall are you? What do, what do you weigh? Uh, and then I have to explain the logic behind that. Can you crawl underneath this desk? <laughs> right. Can you fit in tiny places that, that have little air? Uh, <laughs> I like it. It's it's tough. I started in the beginning, you know, when I was young, I was yeah. doing the installs. Yeah. And then you start learning about the products. And then you start learning about why the installs are done that way. And eventually you just kind of gradually move into sales. And that's what I did. That's where my career started. Right. And then I broke away and, and we started our own company. Uh, but we didn't, we learned from mistakes. We, we, we worked up from the bottom to get uh, to where we are today. So we feel that we at least have the experience needed to continue to move forward. And, and how long have you been at this, and how long have your installers been at it? I have been doing insulation since I was 22. Okay. Uh, so that's going on about 18 years now. Yeah. Um, most of my, my project managers mm-hmm. have been doing this for at least five or six years. Yeah. Uh, I have a project manager that's been doing this for closer to 15. Most of my installers are within two to three years. Um, with our company, we prefer to promote from within. I don't like hiring outside sources to come in in management positions. Yeah. So most of the people that are project managers or foremans uh, that work for my company started off as junior installers and worked their way up from the bottom. Okay. All right. See, we're, 
Yeah, I want you to talk me out of hiring a a fella to, okay. just to do this. You know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. There's a there's a bunch of people who just will take on any job, whether they're qualifying for it or not. Yeah. Well, actually, we had a customer two weeks ago. They they wanted to put down their own plastic, but they wanted us to come in and remediate the mold. Uh, you know, which if you're going to pick one, it's probably the good one to have us come in and do the mold for sure. you. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, but when we got done, he he laid down his own plastic, and we went back out there and did a final inspection after everything was completed. Yeah. And he was not happy with his own plastic install after comparing to the photos of of what our final result looks like. And when he ran the math, he goes, man, I saved myself about $300 doing this myself. You know, he incorporated his time so he knew what his time and and everything. He said, I only saved myself about 300 bucks, but I gave up two days of my weekend, you know, to have this done. You know, we don't make a lot of money on what we do. We do volume. We have lots of customers. We are busy every day of the week. Yeah. So we bring our price down low uh, to the point where even most of our competitors are like, how, how are you are you installing it like this? Well, we have five times the business you have, so we can bring the price down a lot lower right. and go after the volume. And you're now distributing we are. products that you need. Describe how that happened. So we own Triangle Radiant Barrier. Yeah. And then my two business partners, uh, Brian Petrovitz and Matthew Patman, uh, and myself also opened up uh, CSP, Crawl Space Supply Pros. So okay. that is our new distribution company. Okay. And we are supplying the plastic, the proprietary uh, vapor barriers we talked about in the beginning of the show, yeah. along with the crawl barrier, the wall insulation. And we are now building our own air inducers in-house. So we can fully seal your crawl space per code, with all proprietary products, you can only get through Triangle Radiant Barrier. Very cool. It's pretty exciting. It's a, it's cool. a, it's gonna be a fun year. You think so? I think so. Well, especially with this new tax credit, we're starting to get blown up with people asking about insulation and, and tax credits. So, so what's what's going on with that? Well, the the in, Inflation Reduction Act, I think, yes. is is what they coined it. Yes. And right now, if you do, if it's an existing home. Okay. okay, we've got people that are building houses and they want us to come out and insulate. And they're like, well, how much is the tax credit? Well, there is no tax credit on new construction. Okay. And the point in this is to take the existing power grid and try to drop the usage. Okay, yeah. so they're focused on beefing up your insulation, better doors and windows, new higher efficiency HVAC units, solar power. Anything that can help drop your utility usage in okay. your existing home. All right. So obviously insulation is is, is a big one on yeah. that list. So we're get, we're getting over inundated right now with customers that are reaching out wondering, you know, is this real? Is it is really there a thirty percent credit uh, for insulation products? Now we're going through tax season right now, so everybody's still waiting to find out how much they owe Uncle Sam. Yeah. But uh, some of our early customers have already gotten their tax returns done, and, and they're blowing us up trying to find out when they can get the insulation done so they can take advantage of this credit. So it's going to be an interesting year. We're going to see what, uh, what really kicks off this next uh, in March is when it really should pick up. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. And you have seasons. There are some seasons when you're up in the attic and some seasons you're – you're underneath doing the crawl space or no? Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, we do crawl space work kind of throughout the year because people are always concerned about mold. 
you yeah. know so whether it's december or june they don't care if there's mold under the house they want to get it corrected and try to improve the indoor air quality insulation is seasonal you know it's really cold or really hot <laughs> that's when we're where, yeah they, they wait until they're like ah, it's freezing in here fine let's go ahead and call the insulation company yeah you know spring fall no we're not doing many insulation jobs it feels pretty nice outside so there are portions of our company that are seasonal all right if you've got a question for brock emmons our telephone number is 919-860-9783 and we'll feed you just for the question, a $25 gift certificate to High Park Bar and Grill. 919-860-9783. This is Making Your Home Great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Making your home great. Saturday afternoon from 1 until 3, lesson there's basketball. Which, by the way, this weekend there will be, but it's Sunday game. Oh, nice. We didn't get kicked for basketball. We did not get kicked for basketball, and we have lost the argument with State and Carolina that they will (laughs) hang around and wait the game until we're, you know, until we're ready to do our thing. Rock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier is here, along with Pete in Kerry. Pete, I'm going to push the button as soon as I figure out how to how to make the button push. I got I've got a I've got a dual computer screen situation, <laughs> and sometimes anybody who's worked on dual computer screens knows that sometimes your cursor gets lost. Yeah, you can't find it. It's, it's over on the other screen. All right, Pete, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm good. Good. What's up? Hey, I am looking at my unfinished attic and thinking about doing, uh, I guess, finish the attic. Mm-hmm. And in particular, I'm interested in getting it you know, insulated so that I don't have the extreme temperatures in the winter or summer. Mm-hmm. I got what uh, I measure seven inches on the, the ceiling of my unfinished attic. The, the truss is going across to seven inches thick, so I assume those are two by eight. Correct. Yes, sir. So... This is a pretty narrow question for you, but what what do you recommend for insulation? I, I assume you know batting is the simplest, but how thick should it be? Does it is there an R factor that you must meet? Yes, sir. So difficult to explain without having uh, something visual I can point out to you. But let's say, for example, you're standing in your attic and you're looking up at the vaulted section of the roof. You are going to have, do you know what knee walls are? Say that again? Knee walls, like uh, your your leg, your knee. Do you know what a knee wall is? Not exactly. Okay. So in an attic space, um, you don't, where you're going to put up the drywall, okay, underneath the roof rafters. Yeah. You're not going to run that drywall all the way down where the drywall actually connects to the floor. Okay, about three feet from your soffits, you're going to have these little knee walls. Those are going to be the outside walls of that finished okay. space when you're done. Okay. So, this, this one actually has like an eight and a half foot wall on the east side, and on the west side, it's got about a five foot wall. Sure. So they're already, they're studs there for me to work with. Okay. So the vaulted part where you are going to actually wedge insulation up in the rafters, that has to be an R30C. You also have to have a baffle behind that, an airflow channel for airflow to get up past the insulation to your ventilation. Yeah. 
Right. Unfortunately, our 30C measures out with a baffle at 8.1 inches of depth. So if you have two by eights, which are actually two by seven and a half, if you put a tape measure on it, you would have to fur those out an additional inch to have oh. enough depth for standard batted insulation. Okay. Now you could do a spray foam and you could achieve your R value without having to fur out those rafters with a spray foam. Just understand that it would be at a much greater cost. Okay. But when he's furring out, he's just putting a strip of wood. Yeah, a little one-by-one one furring strip one by one. right on the bottom of the joist. Nail it there. Mm -hmm. you know, Just making it a little thicker than it already is so we have more depth. And the, the foam channel... Mm-hmm. It's it's really it's a it's an inexpensive product. The baffle. The baffle. Yeah, they're not really that expensive. A few dollars a baffle. However, if if your room is twenty five feet long, sure, and you've got uh, ten feet of vault, you might need eighty baffles right. in there before you put in the insulation. So although they're fairly inexpensive, they can get expensive quickly depending on how many you need. Does it matter whether he has a ridge vent or not? Tech, I would say you absolutely want a ridge vent. If you do not have a ridge vent, I would have one put in before you finish that space. Yeah, no, this my house just built last year, and they have a ridge vent along the. Excellent. Yeah, as long as you have good ventilation. Unfortunately, those those attic spaces that you convert, most of the time, those are the hardest rooms to keep temperate, whether it be you know cool in the summer, or warm in the uh, warm in the winter. So you want to kind of do your due diligence during construction. I would spend a little extra money on the, the insulation, spend a little extra money on a, a high-quality HVAC unit, and uh, you are not going to regret that after the drywall is put in. Because once it's in and you're running the air conditioner up here and you're like, oh, man, it's not getting as cold as I want it. Well, what are you going to do now? Because all the drywall's up. You yeah. can't re-insulate it. You yeah. can't pull the air conditioner out, so you're stuck. This is this is as good as it gets. Right. So spend the time during construction to make sure you get the best products you can. So once it's finished, you're satisfied. Pete, are you looking to make this living space? Well, I was li I was looking to it, it's used as storage space now. Right. And I obtained a permit from the town of Cary to make it air conditioned and heated. You know, air temperature controlled yeah. storage space. I had a inspector come on out to look at it with me and do a consultation and the first thing out of his mouth was you know you only have to add a few outlets and pretty much do drywall instead of i was thinking about a bead board to cover the walls and mm -hmm. insulation yeah he said forget the bead board because that won't meet the fire code you have to use gypsum to meet the fire code correct wall mm -hmm. and then add you know, before you put it up put your outlets and i need about uh, I have to add out with like six spots. So it's uh, for a few dollars more, I can get it to be habitable living space. So I just redid, uh, I did an amendment to the permit and sent it in. And uh, I'll talk to them this week. But I, I think. Pete, we got we to gotta go, but we got to wish you luck. Well, and if you need assistance, reach out to us at triangleradiantbarrier.com. We'd be more than happy to come out. And how do we get in contact with you? Uh, you can reach us at 919-986-8808. 986-8808? Yes, sir. That's it. This is Making Your Home Great on WPTF.